From the inner rim to far, far away, there's only one choice for weather, traffic, trade negotiations on the Thames, ancient religions, and invasions. Broadcasting on standard 326-3827, you're listening to Vox Galaxy. Hello fans, I'm your play-by-play announcer, Admiral Hackbar, and with me is my color commentary droid. He's forgotten more about etiquette and protocol than you and I will ever know. He's a veteran of these wars, and he's got the carbon scoring to prove it. He's programmed for excellence. He's for LOL. Hello, and welcome once again to Commentary the Show. We're here to bring you the play-by-play as the action of Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope, if you must call it that, unfolds. If you'd like to follow along during this play-by-play commentary, download the podcast from the Movie Guys or open up the YouTube video to play along. Open up Star Wars on your streaming device, pause on the Lucasfilm logo, and we'll let you know when it's game time. We're looking at ideal conditions for a space epic. Skies are clear, the suns are out, and there's no place I'd rather be than giving the listeners all the action as the great rivals of this war, the Galactic Empire, and the Rebellion face off once again. It's going to be a good one. Oh, you said it, partner. The game is about to start, so fans at home, release those pause buttons in three... Almost there. Two... Please remove your hats for the national pastime. One! And welcome to another Star War brought to you by Lucasfilm. When you're looking for nostalgia that won't cost you a right hand, choose Lucasfilm, makers of Radioland Murders and other fine products. Back, 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 and we have title! Star Wars is the first in a three-game series between the Rebellion and the Empire. This is the second time they've met. The Empire taking two of three in that last homestand. The Empire playing that match as the Separatists before their name change when they moved to Arizona. This is a period of civil war. Rebel spaceships striking from a hidden base have won their first victory against the evil Galactic Empire. Uh, During the battle, Rebel spies managed to steal secret plans to the Empire's ultimate weapon, the Death Star, an armored space station with enough power to destroy an entire planet. Pursued by the Empire's sinister agents, Princess Leia races home aboard her starship, custodian of the stolen plans that can save her people and restore freedom to the galaxy. Speaking of space, Having trouble reaching those tough-to-clean spaces in your Coruscant skyscraper dwelling? Leave them unattended too long and it'll start smelling like Dagobah. Well, you're in luck because the Electrosucks VacuBot V7 is your answer for cleaning the nooks and crannies you can't reach, regardless of how many arms you have. And it's now available at Galactic City Appliances right behind the Senate building off of Route 5 and wherever fine domestic droid bots are bartered over. Let's get back to the action. Going, 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 and it's a long Star Destroyer. The Rebel Space Cruiser putting up no defense. And now, the starting lineup for your Rebel Alliance. 
And that's going to bring up C-3PO and R2-D2 in the leadoff position. At C-3PO, he speaks six million languages, spent some time as a battle droid briefly on Geonosis, before having his memory wiped and being drafted as a free agent by Ramus Antilles on the Tantive Four. C-3PO and R2-D2 with a leadoff walk. The Rebels with the hurry-up offense, wasting no time running to the line. Uh, 3PO says they're doomed. Looks like the Empire is really getting into their heads. The Rebels lining up in a 15-man defensive formation. Let's see if they made the right call here. Yeah, I believe the Rebellion is calling that the tri-nickel defense. Well, it's worked for them in the past. The Rebels looking. Rebels looking again. There's the snap. The Empire cutting through their defense. Wow, it looks like they read that play. Uh, this is an all-out melee. Looks like Bail Organa made the right choice, opting to stay in the comfort and safety of Alderaan. And the Stormtroopers continue to press the Rebel defense. And another Rebel down. And another. Here comes that incredible Imperial offense. TK-445 gaining on THX-1138, coming around the outside. Now it's DZ-014 followed by 97X, the future of rock and roll, catching up on TPS-354, and FN-2085 opens up a big lead, and down the stretch they come! Now the droids make a desperation play and are safe! And here comes the Imperial MVP, Darth Vader. So the Empire putting their strongest offense right away, as we've seen this team do countless times. Boy, that Darth Vader, he always makes an entrance, doesn't he? Darth Vader literally burned up in his first at-bat, but is coming off 12 solid hits in a row just the other side of that door. And coming in third in the Rebel lineup, Princess Leia! Coming up with a clever way to move the stolen plans downfield in R2-D2. Now see, that's just the sort of play that's made her a legend over and over. You know, I got a chance to talk to Leia before the match and ask her what her game plan was. In what looked like a real David versus Goliath on paper, I wanted to know just what she had up her sleeve to help her and her team conquer the odds. Here's what she had to say. Help. I think that's what she's employing right here. Let's get back to the latest on the field. Well, most of the Rebel team has been taken out of the game, just like that, overpowered by the Imperial defense. They are sent to the locker room. And now Darth Vader brings the heat with a chokehold. My God, a chokehold. My God. The move that made him famous in the Clone Wars, here it is. Captain Antilles trying to pull the diplomacy card, but with no ambassador, the argument, and Captain Antilles' neck put up no defense. Vader has choked Ramus Antilles to death. And if you're choking to death on a planet that's one big city and need to get away from it all, call Outer Rim Travel for your next vacation. From Cloud City to Mustafar, your next getaway may only be parsecs away. Princess Leia with the windup. And the shot! She takes the Stormtrooper down. Score one for the Rebels. Oh, but a quick retaliation by the Empire. Down goes Leia. It's over, folks. Just like that, it's over. Wait a second. She was only stunned. 
Now to the droids on defense. R2-D2 taking the lead here, calling the play. His teammate can't quite get on board. Seemed to be having issues out on the field. Oh, that was a close one. Oh, but C-3PO, oh, he's following R2, and that gets the droid out of a jam in this scene. How about that? Very impressive, very scrappy. You know, it, it bodes well for the rest of this match. Officiating the match today, Ron Luciano on first base, Bruce Fremming on rebel base, Ken Kaiser behind home plate. Now, you know, he officiated Gaylord Perry's 300th victory and Sebulba's third Bunta Eve win. Now, Leia and Vader here are going to meet for the first time face to mask. Yeah, I didn't see the Rebels getting into a hole this early. Look, they're being diplomatic, but make no mistake, these two do not like each other. You know, it doesn't matter what Vader says here, as long as he doesn't point at her. Oh, wait a minute. The pointing Ooh. is what's going to draw her ire, I can tell you that later. I'm not on the playing field, but uh, from my perspective, holding her is dangerous. If word gets out, it could generate sympathy for the rebellion. Darth not listening to his commanders here. That's going to come back to bite him. That's your support team. Yeah, Vader definitely showing a lot of confidence here. You know, I talked to him in the locker room about how someone with his experience goes into an event like this, and I got to tell you, he knows not to get ahead of himself. He told me he's going to be taking things one rebel troops massacre at a time. Well, we'll uh, take a commercial break on your home for the Wars and the Stars, Vox Galaxy. Tired of making sense? Tired of not being vaguely racist? Then you should look into Gungan as a Second Language, the new 10-class training course from Charmbot Lingo Calrissian. Don't walk about Naboo in a haze when you can learn phrases like Excuse me, and Me So Horny, Gungan as a Second Language. If it were your first, we wouldn't be having this conversation. And now the droids are in a spot. Crash landed on a desert planet. How are they going to get out of this one, folks? I got to hand it to these droids, though. You know, they're just having fun out there. Talking about freezing when it's probably 100 degrees, and that just reminds you of the joy that can be found in any situation when you're a real student of the game like 3PO or a seen-it-all veteran like R2. Well, as long as they stay together, formulate a plan, I think they're gonna have, they're gonna have make it easy. Oh, oh, no, 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 they're splitting up. They're splitting up. Oh, see now, I can't imagine anyone would call this a smart play. Agree. This game is one between the lines, and they're clearly setting wide lines with this move. Oh, and now he's kicked him. C-3PO has gone all Indomitian Sue on R2-D2. Indomitian Sue. Uh, I used to work with him on Jabba's sail barge, I believe. You know, this has been a troubling scene from the Rebels bench since Tantive 4. Teammates squabbling on the sideline, not finding a way to get along. There's worry. I mean, if they don't handle this internally and all get on the same page, it's going to cost them. Yeah, it is not looking good for C-3PO.
There's a crate dragon skeleton on the field. Remnants of a Red Bull inline para-dragoning meet. One of the many sports popular on Tatooine, along with pod racing and Jawa tossing. Some people say it's cruel, but I think those things are like rats. What, wait, what is this? A sand crawler is coming to save the day. Hard to call this a strategy, but it seems to have worked out. Yes, expect the unexpected. You know, that is 3PO's motto. That and help, I think I'm melting. This is all your fault. Just two mottos, but the former has definitely worked out in his favor this time. But R2-D2 now separated from his team on his own, unable to read the play from here. See, the question a lot of people are probably asking here is, when will R2-D2 fly? Now, no doubt he's scanning the playing area ahead of him. Someone with his know-how in the field would want to gauge that terrain and make a transportation choice that would best guard him from predators. And yet, he seems to continue forward on wheels. He is throwing caution to the wind, really playing by gut instinct. But will that backfire? Leah seemed to be coaching him, but now she's nowhere to be found, right in his moment of need. Uh, important uh, to point this out here. We have a couple of Jawas who have uh, run out of the field. Jawas are one of the many hazards in the rough here on Tatooine. That's why only the pros play it and why droids try and stay out of the bunker. And boom, R2-D2 is... Down. One of the Jawas calling an UTD. The Jawas not playing for the Empire of the Rebellion have taken out one of the Rebellion's key players. Turns out it's a call to carry R2-D2 off the field and they do so victoriously. Well, it's all fun and games until they find themselves having to haul a super battle droid back to the Sandcrawler. I'm gonna tell you, Jawas will teach you a little something about teamwork, right? Well, I've seen one Jawa try and carry a droid all by himself. I saw that once. Once. I think they used to bet on that back on Utapau. Of course, it's uh, worth noting here that uh, wagering is not encouraged by our broadcasting network. Whoa, ho, the sand crawler getting a little excited there. Look at this. Reminds me of that winter I spent on Hoth as an insemination droid at a Tauntaun breeding farm. I wish we had time for that story. And they just killed R2. Is that what happened there, uh, Admiral? No, 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 they're putting on a restraining bolt. Uh, it's what you want to do. You get, you get, a, you get a wild uh, droid, a stray like that, you want to put a restraining bolt on them. Otherwise, just run all over the neighborhood. R2 is out, and now Death Star droid looks. R5-D4 eyeing the scene. Now R2 is up. He's up. He's up, ladies and gentlemen. Death Star droid looking again at R2. Now R2 is looking back at him. Now R5-D4 giving R2 a nasty look. Treadwell looks over at Power Droid. Power Droid moving into position. He's moving. Gaining some yardage. Now R2 is up. He's back in the field. He's making his move. R2 is moving down the field. And he's going. And he's going. And he's going. And he's moving to the 10. To the 5. 
and he's found his man. He finds his man. He has found C-3PO and connects. Wow, you know, the droids have found some daylight in this dire situation. I gotta think the droids and the audience are thinking, where the hell are we and what's going on? Just when the droids thought they could catch their breath, the Empire shores up their defense by putting stormtroopers hot on their tails. Now for the Empire, this part of the game right here, the figuring part, is just as important as a blaster fight. Now people who say the game's all killing rebel soldiers hasn't played the game. Figuring is an important piece of the puzzle that is the stormtrooper. The game is playing off your enemy, and if that means you spend a little time writing dewbacks and firing up a little CSI in the desert, then that's what you gotta do. Look, sir, droid. And look right there, one of them uh, found a piece of droid. Back to the sand crawler, crawling on the sand as its name suggests. Moving down the field. It's made for one thing, and that's crawling on sand. If you need to crawl on sand, you need a sand crawler. Threepio saying again that they are doomed. The Empire playing the long game, the psychological game, the mental game, and if Threepio doesn't match his opponent with the same mental toughness, he's going to have a date with an 8d8. Now there's a lively conversation going on between two Jawas and two droids. To recap, the uh, the count is two and two. All right, the Jawas offload the droids for roadside sale. We'll uh, take a commercial break on your home for the Wars and the Stars, Vox Galaxy. Does your droid have a bad motivator? Has someone sold you a droid they claim speaks Spotchy only to find out that it doesn't? Has your protocol droid mistaken the customs of a first light tea ceremony for a Wookiee mating ritual? Well, come on down to Jindaan's droid warehouse. We have R2s, R4s, R5s, PZs, BBs, K2s, and even an FX7 full of candy for the kids. Our droids have great motivators for every need. That's droid warehouse in the NOAD system. Tell me I sent you. And we're back. And Luke Skywalker takes the field. As we take a look at the stat sheet on Skywalker, we realize there isn't one. He has no significance in the game whatsoever. I hope the Alliance isn't putting any faith in this backwater, bantha-tipping, moisture farm lackey. As Uncle Owen here driving a hard bargain. Let's see how this plays out. Now, clever play by 3PO right there. Right when we thought his mental game was through, he pulls a fast one on the other players and doesn't mention at all that he's not only been to Tatooine, but he was built there. This feigning of bewilderment is impressive. He clearly will spring his familiarity of this terrain on his oppressors when they least expect it, and he'll gain the upper hand. Keep your eyes on this wily vet. The lineup and the bitch. Well, I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. You can waste time with your friends when your chores are done. Come on. And if you need your power converted, then you can't beat the pros at Dipthar's Power Converter Pagoda at Toshi Station 4545. They can convert ohms to zips, glebes to blores, sakars to numis, parsecs to time, and have even converted an R5D4 into a terrarium. So stop wasting time with your aunt and uncle, and come waste time with your friends at Toshi Station. 
R2-D2 is sidelined. Well, you hate to see this happen to a droid this early in the game. The R5 has blown its motivator. That's like me on a Sunday morning. Getting motivated to get up off the couch is enough to send me into a full-blown meltdown. You'll definitely see smoke come out of the top of my head before I've had my green coffee. R2-D2 is brought back in off the sidelines. For a second, we thought this team was going to have to move forward with him, but what a surprise. The managers of this team must have thought they needed more complaining to accomplish their goal. Well, I think they've got the right guy for that. All right, C-3PO taking time for an oil bath. Dust contamination has plagued him for many years, and I hear this is why there's talk of a trade. Yes, but he's still playing the I don't know where I am card. He's playing that yet again. There has to be a plan in place for all this. 3PO's more cagey than fans think. C-3PO has literally been in this room. He worked in this farm for years and years and just... I'm feeling that oil bath, though. You know, I've got this bad knee. I got it in a spice mine. Yeah, too many home games. Luke is anxious to hit the road. And again, we tell you if he's had more success on the road than at home games, but he literally has no stats whatsoever. Kids might want to avert their eyes. Might be privy to C-3PO in the bath. Yeah, these locker room talks, you never know what you're going to see in the background. Oh, Luke's a little preoccupied with the rebellion. You know, I gotta tell you, all his life has he looked away to the future, to the horizon. Were you on a star cruiser? Just like that, Princess Leia's gambit has paid off. Leia's calling to the bench. Calling for Ben Kenobi. Well, this has 1988 Kirk Gibson all over it. Kenobi's old, creaky, his days are past, but does he have one more long ball left in him? It's leadership. She orchestrated this whole thing. You got Luke, you got Leia, C-3PO, R2-D2, all in formation, all at once. I gotta tell you, now this is exactly how the Rebels win a lot of their battles. They don't have the speed or the strength, but they take chances that pay off. The only, the only problem I foresee is that it's still, the, the, the droid's still in the hands of this dopey kid. They haven't connected this pass with Obi-Wan Kenobi yet. Well, it's almost time for dinner in the Skywalker household. And when you're dining on a desert planet after a long day of harvesting moisture under two suns, you need hydration. And nothing hydrates like Bantha's Bounty brand blue milk. Harvested by native sand people from free-range Banthas. Vaporate all day with Bantha's Bounty.
Now R2-D2 is asking for a timeout. Seems to be a problem with his restraining bolt. Luke Skywalker going to go make things better. And he's helping. Oop. Wait a minute, where'd she go? Bring her back. Play back the entire message. Oh, and C-3PO has hit R2-D2 once again. I tell you, this team is going nowhere until they can get on the same page. All right, I'll be right there, Fans heckling Skywalker from outside the field, and he's going to go address it. Well, with the rebellion against the Empire and the possibility of adventure, it's going to be tough for Uncle Owen to keep Luke on the on the farm now, don't you think? Yeah, I don't think Uncle Owen was prepared for Obi-Wan Kenobi returning to the game so soon. I mean, none of us were. I can see why Leia's calling on, on Obi-Wan Kenobi. It puts butts in the seats. But which Ben Kenobi are we going to get? Buzzer-beating Jedi Master or a crazy old wizard? As ever, the plan is a gamble for the Rebels. Baru giving... Oh, in the bedroom eyes, he's shaking it off, continuing to stay focused on the young Luke. He's hydrating with uh, Bantha's Bounty Blue Milk. That's Bantha's Bounty Blue Milk, sponsor of Vox Galaxy. Now, now uh, we have a second for breaking the action here. Uh, Paul, uh, Paul, for LOL. <laughs> yes, Admiral. Do you think, uh, do you think Luke's ready to leave the Moisture Farm team? Well, you know, a lot of people are going to say he's not, but then if he goes and proves us all wrong, we're going to feel like idiots, aren't we? I think they have plenty, more than enough droids for the farm, but, uh, you know, uh, Uncle Owen, he's a gruff manager, seems to be denying him the privilege. When I think back at the Clone Wars and I look at Uncle Owen, Uncle Owen is dressed like a Jedi. you got to wonder why he dresses like a Jedi all the time. He's going nowhere. Luke taking the mound. He's giving a look. His dreams are brushing him off. He looks again. He gives the sign that he wants a life of adventure, but the sunset, beautiful as it is, still represents a future he can't attain. And Luke steps off the mound, and he is not happy. Now, it seems R2-D2 has opted for a running play, running in the middle of the night. Now Luke's in pursuit, pulling out binoculars, but they're really, really poor binocs. Hey, look at that picture. It's grainy, it's unfocused. I don't see Skywalker gaining any ground on the R2 unit tonight. 
Some people would ask you if a youngster like him has the tools necessary to succeed with those binoculars. This dumb droid that doesn't remember it grew up in this house. Right here you'd think he'd be a great help saying, well, here's where I went when I was a younger droid. Perhaps R2 is enjoying a refreshment at a local droidery. Yeah, he has to tell C-3PO about the sand people? C-3PO was here when Anakin killed a bunch of sand people. He knows the deal. Now here's someone who's never dreamed, never looked at the two sons, and by God, she's built a future with her angry husband on that farm and is content. It can be done, and so it makes you wonder if all this jibber-jabber from Luke Skywalker is going on about creating discontent in this team's clubhouse is worth it. There's no shame in being just like Baru. I'm sure she's looking at a long, happy life there on Tatooine. All right, Luke brings the land speeder, and he's going, he's going, he's going. He's at the 10, he's at the 5. Whoops, sand people see the approach and move into Bantha formation. It's tough to keep your helmet on there in those conditions. And they're on the move. R2-D2 is making tracks. Luke catches up and connects. And they're back together. Maybe I spoke too, too early about teamwork on these three. They, they, they got it together here. But it seems that teamwork always comes when they have to fix a decision they made that was a poor one. Then the teamwork shows up. I say from now on, they gotta make decisions with teamwork already intact if they're gonna do anything here. All right, now we've got uh, several creatures approaching from the southeast. There are two Banthas down there, but Luke doesn't see any. Wait a second. There's sand people. I think he can see one of them now. And it's an attack! It's an attack! Sand people attack! Skywalker parries! C-3PO is down, and now Luke is down. He's down on the field, ladies and gentlemen. He is not moving. Luke Skywalker is down, and it does not look good. These stand people, I tell you, some people call them Tusken Raiders. And let me give you a quick scouting report on the Raiders. In the offseason, the Raiders weren't afraid to open up the checkbook. Despite the costs involved in rebranding after packing up and moving to their new city, the Raiders still signed highly touted free agent after last year's prospect didn't meet expectations. Now this has ramped up the Raiders offense. And you can see here, they're set to make a big play in their division. And there's the whistle calling the play dead. And Ben Kenobi makes his entrance. You know, I gotta tell you, he's a great addition to this team. He needs some experience and Ben Kenobi is a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's played many years under the name Obi-Wan Kenobi in the Jedi Council alongside the greats of the game like Plo Koon, Yariel Poof, and Kit Fisto. Those names will never be forgotten. Hello there. Traveled lightly. 
That's what Luke gets for taking the Jundland Waste lightly. They have an unpredictable landscape that's baffled players for years. And there's a tricky slope right at the beginning that gives way to a severely sloped straightaway. And then nobody sees the dog leg coming that always puts you in harm's way to say nothing of the back nine. Obi-Wan Kenobi is a veteran of these wars. He's played on every planet, including Tatooine, before his exile here. He was trained by Qui-Gon Jinn, who forced Obi-Wan to raise his kid. He discovered the clone army too late to stop it. He was sentenced to death by Count Dooku, defeated General Grievous, and once got the high ground on Darth Vader himself. This former member of the Jedi Council has a midichlorian count in the six figures. He's trained in lightsaber combat. He can move things with his mind and his own two droids. Don't seem to remember ever owning a droid. And 3PO is down. That is quite an injury. Looks like a dislocated shoulder. Oh, wait, it looks like a disconnected shoulder. I don't care what galaxy you're from, that's gotta hurt. Either way, that's gonna have him out of commish for the foreseeable future. Oh, and they escaped that uh, predicament with a... And there's the wipe. A wipe. Take a pause here. Obi-Wan pitches some of the best backstory in the Star Wars today. Oh, yeah. They're tying up old questions and raising new ones with ease. Mm -hmm. Right now, I should be saying, what the hell are they talking about? And I'm not. If he keeps bringing the heat like this, we'll be in the second act in record time. He pulls at his beard. There's the sign. I just, you know, you talk about backstory, but I don't think it could be overstated because here's a perfect example. Your father wanted you to have this when you were old enough. Your uncle wouldn't allow it. Watch this move here. You don't know what Obi-Wan's about to do. You don't know what he's got up his sleeve. He's talking about the past. He's mentioning Clones War. You're like, what's that? Then what happens here? Here's the handoff. Oh, there's just laser swords now. Cool, moving on. That's what the Jedi do every time they're at the plate. They bring the mythological change up. Man, you hate to see a player find out that his father was betrayed and murdered by the student of the master he's just met at a time like this. Vader was seduced by the dark side of the Force. And boom, Obi-Wan drops another bomb. What's the Force? Who are the Jedi? 
I don't know, but I'm in, and I'll do whatever this guy says. Obi-Wan to R2. R2 hurdles the pot forward, and we're moving, folks. Let's look at some stats here. Years ago, Obi-Wan served her father in the Clone Wars. Now he's begging for his help in the struggle against the Empire. There's the handoff of the plans. Obi-Wan's going to have to run them downfield to Alderaan. From where I'm sitting, it looks like Obi-Wan Kenobi's her only hope. Now R2 passes it back to Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan Kenobi is one call to adventure away from slamming this first act shut. Here's the windup. The pitch. You must learn the ways of the Force. come with me to And that's it. The first act is over. Obi-Wan Kenobi with a perfect outing, pulling the rebellion from an insurmountable deficit to an even shot. Wait, 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 what's this? Luke is denying the call to adventure. Oh, no. Tough break for Obi-Wan Kenobi. This boy could be his last hope. Nope, there is another. That's your uncle. I can take you as far as anchor. Well, it looks like Obi-Wan's going to have to settle for a ride to Anchorhead as the path to victory for the Rebels continues to be elusive. Now the Rebellion's massive time of possession comes to a close as the Empire takes the field and we return to the Death Star, the Empire huddles up for their next play. Now the Imperial bureaucrats with some bickering. And some more bickering. Any attack made by the rebels against this station would be a useless gesture, no matter what technical data they've obtained. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. Now Admiral Mahdi shows extreme pride in his technological terror. Mahdi's dishing on the force. Vader stepping forward. He's had enough. He's listened to everything he wants to hear today. He's not going to put up with any of this any longer. He's time to... He winds up. He steps forward and... He's choking him. Good Lord, he's choking him. My God! My God! The carnage! The carnage! The carnage! The carnage! 
He's choking him without touching him. Well, the force can do that. I mean, what a play. The only problem is that guy's on his team. So kind of scoring a point for the other team there. This is shocking. The Empire is in total disarray. We will then crush the rebellion with one swift stroke. And the Jawas are down. The Sandcrawler is down. The Empire is working on multiple fronts to get to the droids, retiring the side in order. Now Obi-Wan Kenobi doing some figuring of his own here. These are the same drawers that sold us our team And these last points, too accurate for sand people. Only Imperial stormtroopers are so precise. These blasts were extremely accurate, probably stormtroopers. He's he's taken a wild shot guess there as to who did this, but Clearly, with that evidence, that's not where I would go in my first choice. Now, if they trace the robots here, then they could find out who they sold them to, and that could be the edge they need. Luke to the land speeder, and he's off, and he's going, he's going, he's going, he's at the 20, he's at Tashi Station, he's at the 10, he's at Baker's Canyon, he's at the 5, and he's sliding into home! Down goes Baru. Down goes Owen. Two-thirds of Luke's team and 100% of his reason for staying on Tatooine are out of the game. Looks like all the plans Uncle Owen had about making it up next year to Luke have evaporated. Well, it looks like Luke's plans to go to the Imperial Academy are back on. Good luck pacifying the locals on Mimban, Luke. Now the Empire coming off a huge play, dispatching stormtroopers to murder all life forms on Tatooine that ended up taking out our hero's family, but did not get them possession of the plan. So now, these two go head-to-head -head in Vader versus Leia 2. Rumble in cell block 327. While Darth Vader tortures Princess Leia, let's take a commercial break on your home for wars, stars, empires, and Jedi, the galaxy's voice, Vox Galaxy. Do your droids tickle more than torture? Do they stun more than kill? Or explode after getting shot only twice? Get the information you want the first time you ask with Molly Trini's interrogation probe and Viper Droid Warehouse. And if you're up to your lightsaber in dead Jawas, call our local expert, Sam Crawler at Jawa Liquidators. Don't burn your Jawas. You'll never get the smell out of your one tunic. So the next time an Imperial Army or Mandalorian adventurer leaves a pile of dead Jawas on your doorstep, make that Jawa go Jaway with Jawa Liquidators. Luke here declaring his intention to become a Jedi. He wanted to be in a rock band last month, and then there was that time he wanted to be a Hoth missionary, but he seems pretty committed to this new hobby. I guess having your family murdered by the Imperial Academy really sours you to their cause.
and the Rebels bring in their special edition teams unit to punt. It's a fake punt, and it's no good. It's no good. The crowd doesn't find this acceptable in the least. Not one bit. Obi-Wan and Luke head downfield at Mos Eisley as this second act gets underway. Not one bit. You gotta wonder what kind of defense the Empire is gonna put up this act. And Luke is blocked by a stormtrooper. Now the Empire read that play from a mile away. Let's see how the Rebels get out of this one. Obi-Wan is sizing this one up and he's got mind control. He slides easily past the Imperial defense and reveals yet another Jedi power. Is there nothing these Jedis can't do for LOL? Well, no evidence yet that they can fly. Well, there's no evidence that R2-D2 can fly either, and yet we know that's true. And there's a Jawa. I'm inclined to think that he's the last one. Uh, he escaped the funeral pyre. Well, probably never. Oh, there's another one. Okay, well, I'm sure there is another one. Yep. Well, they, I guess they didn't get them all. There's three more. And as the Rebels take a break to have a drink, we're going to take a break to tell you a great place to have a drink. Chalman's Cantina. You need a break after a long day of moisture evaporation? Need to book a space cruiser or rough up a local team? Well, there's only one place to go. Chalman's Cantina at Tashi Station on Tatooine. You'll never find a more wretched hive of fun. Everyone's welcome at Chalman's. From Arconas to Tals, Gotals to Defels, Shardrafan to Deveronian, Walrusmen to Hammerheads, Tonicas, Wookiees, Twi'leks, Prunefaces, Dugs, Utapounds, Ewoks, Mon Calamari. Everyone's welcome, but no droids. Wednesday night is Little Bat Thing night. Little Bat Things drink for free. Enjoy live music every night of the week with such acts as Figurin to On and the Modal Nodes, Sice Noodles and the Max Rebo Band, Arodia Ventifolia and Lulio Primak, and Ario Speedwagon. So come on down to Chalman's and tug on the toga of our friendly bartender to receive the drink of your choice. Unlike some cantinas, Chalman's is not owned by the Huts. We just owe them a lot of money. No cloak, no boots, no service, no blasters, no droids. Sure, it sounds racist, but they're not a race. They are machines that cannot be programmed for empathy, with no conscience or fear of death. Also, they don't drink fluids and take up seats. What do you think we're doing here? Luke looking, sizing up the cantina. There's more aliens and a guy with a hammer head. I don't believe I've ever seen a hammer shaped like that. Now Obi-Wan striking up a conversation with a Wookiee. Oh, but wait, a walrus man has intercepted Luke in his attempt to blend in. The locals are putting up quite a defense. From droids to teens, it turns out nobody is welcome here. For LOL, do you have any stats on this weirdo? I sure do. This weirdo is named Dr. Evazan, and he's a wanted man with a death sentence in 12 systems. 
12 systems up from nine systems last year. On the pace to break a local record, I hit. Evazan makes his move. Now will be one intercept. Calls an audible. Evazan on Luke. He throws him. Now will be one with the lightsaber. He takes a big swing and hits a single arm. That's the first amputation this season for Obi-Wan Kenobi. You know, in this bar at this moment, now would be a horrible, horrible time for the kiss cam. Now you know what they say about the bar food at Chalman's. Don't get too ethnic. I tried to order a churro, and I'm pretty sure I ate one of these bat guys. Hey, there's a whole entire race that just eats bat guys. I don't know if this sci-fi fantasy adventure match gets much better than this, and it's early. The only thing this match might be lacking is roguish charm. Han Solo, I'm Captain the Millennium Falcon. All right, let's run down some of the stats on Han Solo. Let's see, he was born on Corellia as Han... He was given the name Solo by an Imperial Navy recruitment officer who's named all of the greats. From the duo twins to the Grog Raw trio, you know, he even named Porkins. Han spent a couple of years killing for the Imperial Navy before going pro. He robbed a few trains with Tobias Beckett, helped out some freckled bikers, and got engaged to a Wookiee. He flies the Millennium Falcon, the ship that made the Kessel Run in less than 12 parsecs. Now Han Solo did make the Kessel Run in less than 12 parsecs, which is an all-time record beating out Reese Montalban at 13 parsecs, who held the record for 10 years after beating A.J. Foyt's record of 14. So parsecs are a measure of distance? Now who can tell? Han asked for 10,000. That is going to be way out of this duo's price range. Chewie looks a little sleepy here, but I have to imagine his skills are not yet necessary in this particular encounter. I wouldn't have predicted him as a math whiz. Plus 15 when we reach Obi-Wan counters with 2,000 plus 15 when they reach Alderaan. Will Han Solo call his bluff? Okay, you guys got yourselves a ship. He agrees! He agrees! Nicely done! Nicely done! This is good negotiation on Obi-Wan's part. You hear a lot about Jedi lightsaber technique, but nobody pays enough attention to their negotiation abilities. Well, I don't know about you, but I could watch Jedi's negotiate for an entire movie. I couldn't. Now I know about you. All right, Han Solo in very good spirits, good negotiation, very positive, ready to work with this team. Han Solo makes his move and is blocked by Greedo. Now, when you're a wanted man like Han Solo, you need a better defense against the bounty hunter play. If you're a scrappy kid growing up in the streets of Corellia, you know this, so there really is no excuse for that. Han and Greedo face off. And this appearance of Greedo reminds me it's Greedo Bobblehead Day. Take the kids down to McClunky Chevrolet for your Greedo Bobblehead. Limit one per person unless you have two heads. Han moving his hand into position. Now, if 
your Han Solo here. You gotta be thinking about shooting him. It's not pretty, I don't advocate it, but sometimes you just gotta shoot people when they have it coming because they'll just keep talking on and on and going on about their boss and the money they want. And you've heard all this before and really time is of the essence. So if I were you, I would just fire. Greedo shoots, misses, Han shoots, and Greedo is out. He's out, that's it for him. What a terrible ending to a once promising career. Now that is the McClunkiest shootout I've seen in some time. The officials are going to the tape to find out who actually shot first. Yeah, it was very hard to tell, very close to call, but that might be academic at this point because Greedo is toast. Now look at this, the managers of the Empire team aren't even sweating yet. And when you got a Tarkin running things, I mean, they called Kenobi a wizard, but Tarkin is a true sorcerer when it comes to the X's and O's of this game. And he knows he has the biggest O of them all in that Death Star. Well put. C-3PO and R2-T2 taking refuge. Stormtroopers bringing some advanced CSI tactics to track down these droids. The door is locked, and therefore they don't look in that door. <laughs> Smart play for R2-D2 and C-3PO, knowing that just by locking the door, the stormtroopers were out of options. Ever since the XP-38 came out, they just aren't in demand. And if you're looking for an XP-38 that won't break the bank, then you want Speeder Pros of Numidian Prime. They've got a full selection of AV-21s, M-68, speeder bikes, and T-16s in every color. Need a speeder for that class reunion? You need a bongo? They've got that speeder! Han Solo and Jabba the Hutt have a meeting on the mound. Now one thing is abundantly clear at the top of this face-off. Jabba has not gotten down to fighting weight in the offseason. He still seems to be about 675 pounds from where he needs to be. This is an ugly scene, yet you hate to see this in a sport you love. The only thing keeping Jabba from kicking dirt on Han Solo is his lack of feet. Boba Fett breaks the illusion of film. What a showboat. That is excessive fan service. I think the ref should call a penalty on that. Can't believe this Joker makes $40 million a year to stand around and not fire that rocket once this season. Obi-Wan and Luke being followed by nefarious penis face. I don't trust him. All right, uh, Obi-Wan and Luke arriving at the pit. 
Examine the vehicle here. Give the tires a kick. Give a couple stats to Millennium Falcon. It's sporting Gyrodyne SRB42 sublight engines with Rupinium subluminal quad-X power core and a class 0.5 coaxium ISO sum SSP05 superluminal hyperdrive. So go out a hunk of junk if you want. Those stats don't lie. Well, everyone's on edge and undersexed. Oh, there's the dice. Let's do a monologue about the dice. Oh, we have no time. Stormtroopers are giving chase. They're getting information from Dickface. <laughs> the Stormtroopers form a line. Oh, not showing their famed aiming acumen they showed when blasting apart that st the Sandcrawler. Yes, the, the Imperial Legion does, however, catch on Solo by surprise. He's under pressure, returns fire, and finds a hole and gets back aboard the Millennium Falcon. Looks like they got out of that one, but Chewbacca gives Han the signal that they have two Star Destroyers closing in. Here come the Star Destroyers, moving in. More bickering. I wasn't aware there'd be this much bickering in a battle between these two giant opponents. And there is no time to bicker as they are being fired upon by the Star Destroyers. Now Han's going to have to calculate the coordinates for light speed jump, and that takes time. It can't be rushed or it could endanger everyone. It's going to come down to Lando's dead girlfriend somewhere in the Millennium Falcon to get him out of this one. They're off! Just in time, Han Solo. He's already paying off for those rebels. Tarkin being told some plans. Oh, he waves him off. We've entered the Alderaan system. Governor Tarkin, I should have expected to find you holding Vader's leash. Princess Leia comes out swinging with an intimidating put-down, but Tarkin isn't phased. He's cocky. He's been here before. And you gotta wonder what he has up his sleeve. Oh, he's gonna kill Princess Leia. Oof. Threatening the princess, what's next? And you can see behind Tarkin there, Mahdi is on board once again. Everyone's in line with the team game plan, and that is how you win. It's just impressive from the top down, from Tarkin's decisive playmaking to Vader totally reinventing himself, and he actually did completely reinvent himself with black armor, a respirator mask, and cybernetic prosthesis and implants. The momentum is firmly with the Empire here. As Tarkin and Leia square off, I should let you know we're moments away from the second act stretch and my favorite part of the game, the singing of Take Me Out to the Star Wars. So stay tuned for that happy, fun, joyous sing-along on Vox Galaxy. It'll make you smile.
Now, I've been to Alderaan. I used to live on Alderaan, and i got to say, it is a beautiful place. I don't know if you've ever been. I was not aware of this. It's mostly a mountainous planet, and the vistas are just breathtaking. Snow-capped peaks, grassy hills, and vast bodies of water. There are numerous types of terrain for whatever adventure you want to choose. Did you know that there are vineyards on Alderaan? Also, it is scenic as all heck, and I gotta tell you, the emerald wine is just to die for. It's the only place you can get it in the galaxy. I mean, if you find yourself in the Istabith rainforest with a nice goblet of emerald wine in your hand, you'll just forget all your troubles. It, it really is peaceful, and I just can't wait to get back. And Alderaan is gone! Alderaan has been blown up, an entire planet full of life and civilization taken out in a single instant. Well, this is unfortunate timing. Take me out to the Star Wars. Take me out to the stars. Buy me a quarter portion and colo clawfish. I don't care if they win or they die, so it's root. Root, root for the rebels. If they don't win, it's a sequel. Cause it's episode one. To episode three at the old Star Wars. Chewbacca moves Kenton Strider to Monarch Four. Now R2 counters with the Mantellian Savrip to Grimtash Five, and Chewbacca has lost the match. Uh, you know, I'm surprised R2 did that. It's not wise to upset a Wookiee. But sir, nobody worries about upsetting a droid. It's because a droid don't pull people's arms out of their sockets when they lose. Wookiees don't want to do that. I see your point. Well, Chewbacca's the heart and soul of this team, I gotta tell ya. We talked to him before the game and he had this to say. Now who can argue with that? Now Luke's jumping right in here, but he hasn't put in nearly enough time in the saber cages. Yeah, I'm worried about Ben Kenobi's ability to foster young talent here. See, that particular skill just hasn't been the same for him since he changed his name from Obi-Wan. Could be the worst name change since Greedo changed his name to Chad Ocho Greedo. Oh, swing and a miss by Luke Skywalker against the remote. Seems to be some disagreement amongst the team as to what play to call. Now Obi-Wan is, uh, is calling for a different play here. He's switching tactics. He's covering Luke's eyes. This is not a batting helmet, folks. Some of these older coaches have crazy techniques to train their students, like blindfolding their Jedi or adding weights to their lightsabers. Well, I don't know if this is a winning technique. You know, uh, former Rebel player Chirrut Imway tried to play blind with dire consequences. He died. And everyone on his team. And most of that planet. Don't try this at home, kids. Skywalker takes a cut and blocks the remote. Good play by this rookie Luke under the tutelage of the great veteran. Ah, see, now this is good news. They're going to need Kenobi in the latter half of this act. Obi-Wan at first looking completely insane. I thought we'd lost him there for a second. 
tips of each country. They found the remains of a rebel base, but they estimate that it is Tarkin welcomes a lucky residuals recipient into the room for just a second. That's going to pay dividends for 40 years. The Rebels arrive at Alderaan and whoa, and they're too late. They're too late. They are called out by the officials at their arrival. Yeah, a pro like Han Solo has to know that you never know what you're going to get when you pull out onto the track. The track is different things to different drivers, and if it's going to be littered with bits of planet, you have to adapt to that. Being able to adapt to your environment at high speeds is what's going to have Solo drinking the blue milk at the finish line. The entire Starfleet couldn't destroy the whole planet. It'd take a thousand ships with more firepower than I have. There's another ship coming in. Maybe they know what happened. It's an Imperial fighter. Oh, now they have sighted a TIE fighter. The Falcon and the TIE Fighter come down the straightaway neck and neck. And now they hit the turn. There's nowhere for that TIE Fighter to go. Han Solo, the experienced driver, drafting the TIE Fighter to cut wind resistance in space. That'll save the Falcon some fuel and make a few seconds difference in its track time. The Rebels have no plan and no play for this surprising turn of events. Look at him, he's heading for that small moon. Now, now the Falcon is just going to head for that small moon there. That's not a moon. It's, a it's, it's the, the Empire's, Empire's new stadium. stadium. This stadium has been under construction for quite a few years. It used to be called Dooku Field, but in this modern age, everything's gone corporate. So now it's called the Camino Savings and First Municipal Securities Trust Death Star. Well, the design is very corporate as well. I mean, the whole thing looks like an AT&T logo. Raising the money for these stadiums is very controversial. Who can forget the Huts raised taxes to build a new stadium for the Bunta Eve pod race? It could be worse. To build this stadium, the Emperor blocked trade to Naboo to hide his building a clone army that he used to wipe out the Jedi and enslave half the galaxy. So think about that, Cincinnati. And like that, the Empire regains home field advantage. And while these two teams huddle for the next play, let's take a break on the galaxy's voice, Vox Galaxy. If your clone's getting old and fat, donate to Clones for Kids. Do you have an old used clone just sitting around getting high on your guest couch? Donate it to Clones for Kids and receive a tax credit from the Imperial-backed Vichy Trade Federation. Just call 323-347-3754 to donate your clone. Donate your clone today. It's not illegal for clones for kids to grind up your clones for meat or enslave them. We won't, but it's not illegal if we do. Empire getting their troops in formation. Surrounding the Millennium Falcon. Well, surrounding some of it. The Rebels could exploit a lot of gaps in that line. And this is a tough stadium to play. There's no wind, and the outfield walls go up 360 degrees. The big gray monster. Tarkin and Vader are the Billy Martin and George Steinbrenner of this team. They have a lot of disagreements, but at the end of the day, the scoreboard doesn't lie. Vader's uh, gathered his whole team on the field. He's approaching the ship. You know, uh, I'm expecting one of those uh, sort of Newt Rockney, Vince Lombardi, Mace Windu type inspirational speeches at this moment, you know, with the whole crew there. The Empire has to think that they have the upper hand here, and no doubt, personally, Darth Vader has his sights set on the Triple Crown, defeating the Separatist leaders of the Clone Wars, blowing up Alderaan, and now destroying the droids who have the Death Star plans. History, if he can pull this off. 
Bader a bit cloudy in his orders, though. He seems to be distracted by something, and he's walking off the field. He's leaving things in the hands of his capable stormtroopers, and we'll see how that goes. Uh, stormtroopers again giving a thorough search, knocking on all the doors, lifting up all the panels, and opening up all the doors to ensure that the spaceship is absolutely empty. They shouldn't have given all the clones one brain, you know? And Han Solo executing a perfect Corellian sneak. A classic play where you trick the other team into thinking you're on a pirate freighter, but really you're hiding in your compartments that you use to smuggle drugs. We're going to pause for a moment while the cleaning crew takes the field. Ah, this is something the fans just love because they make a show out of it. <laughs> I get a kick out of this too. Sometimes they sing a song or do a dance or something to enliven the protocol of halting play for a field manicure. You know, they've become like the, the crowd favorites. Like some people can't even wait for the game to come to a, a halt so the cleaning crew can take the field just because they're so darn enjoyable. And the cleaning crew is down. The fan favorites wiped off the face of the earth. Well, I gotta say, I haven't seen uh, the Rebels in a position like this before. I, I have no idea what type of play they're gonna call here. Luke exits the Falcon in the other team's uniform. This is gonna cause a lot of confusion out on the field, but maybe that's the plan. It sounds like something out of a Three Stooges short, but they're giving it a shot. Chewbacca surprises the Imperial officer, throwing him into a pile of kegs. The Imperial temp secretary rises from his desk and is straight up murdered by Han Solo. The rebels spread to all four corners, a tactical part of the team's Death Star siege running game, and they're safe! Han Solo adds one Imperial officer to his kills today. Let's take a look at Han's stats. He's had one bounty hunter on the day, two scanning crew members, two stormtroopers blasting his way out of Mos Eisley, and now adds an Imperial officer. Han Solo is one Emperor's Royal Guard and one Biker Scout away from shooting for the cycle. Also, Chewbacca puts points on the board as he racks up one stunned lackey. R2-D2 scours desperately through the playbook to find a way out of this offensive hole. They're going to have to diagram a new play because so far, the Empire's new field has been unforgiving. R2 calls the play. It's a spread offense, with Obi-Wan putting distance between himself and his teammates to break up the Imperial defense. The Force will be with you. Well, there it is, the hope and motivation this team has needed. Will this drive young, statless Luke Skywalker to greatness? We'll have to stay tuned to find out, but I'll tell you, this is one back-and-forth barn burner of a game. Hot and Luke huddle while R2-D2 is still looking downfield for any opportunity to save this play. His window is closing. He's feeling the pressure. He's sweating. Bad time for a turnover. He's looking. He sees his opening. And he... Princess Leia. Connects the plot lines. R2-D2 finds his target. Princess Leia is on the battle station. 
The Rebels are closer than ever to the goal thanks to that play right there. And I've said it before and I'll say it again, never underestimate a droid. Unless that droid is R5-D4. Terminated in year one of her contract. Uh, she famously came in for the final play of Rogue One, made a splash, and signed a big contract for the Rebels, who had high hopes. Well, the Rebel front office is trying to rebuild, and I guess she's not giving them what they want. Uh, this is the game without pity. The team owners are here to win championships. You want a friend, get a Porg. Now Han's renegotiating his contract. What prima donna asked for more money at a time like this? Perhaps Han sees how short a career in this league can be. From the princess whose contract is already up to the Imperial officer Han just shot. I said it at the time. Dash Rendar getting 40 million to scoundrel for Canto Bite set a bad precedent. Now everyone thinks they deserve it. Luke calls the play, and Chewbacca waves him off. And when you add new plays, you have to make sure all of the players understand them. If they speak in a series of growls, you need to call that play in a way they understand. Han giving some advice to C-3PO. Lock the door, and hope they don't have blasters. I don't know about that. Locks are not a defense, and hope is not a strategy. Ah, the Empire's mascot has taken the field. Fans love mascot hijinks. Oh, and Chewbacca has sent him packing in a hilarious exchange. Nothing better than when the mascots and players mix it up. You can see it in the smiles of the passing troops. The Rebels draw the walk. And another walk. They can't afford this many walks. Yeah, this match has more walks than before a sunrise. I have to tell you, I don't have a lot of experience in the game, but I've been there before waiting for an elevator. And now the door has opened. I think that's the outcome they were hoping for, don't you? Oh, yes, I do. Absolutely. Obi-Wan with the big lead. He goes! And he's got it with a stand-up stolen space. Making it look easy. Now Vader checks to first, holding Obi-Wan on the bag. He's worried about another steal, and Vader steps off the mound. Obi-Wan with no hesitation, steps off, sees the opportunity, and he goes. And they walk right into the Imperial defensive line. 1970s Barry Pepper looks uh, skeptical. And the Rebels fumble with the lie. Ain't nobody believing that. Uh-oh. Barry Pepper's calling the cops. Chewbacca calls an audible, tossing Devin Kent like a ragdoll. Luke shoots, misses, giving Shan shields in time to draw. But Luke's rebound shot connects. Prescott advances. Luke steps out of the pocket and takes out Prescott. 
Camp's brief regroup goes nowhere as he's stopped by Luke's blood-soaked rampage. Han Solo takes Major Infield out of the game. Now Grenwick with a desperation rush, and he falls short. And with that, the Rebels have cleared the board. That's Enfield, Childson, Prescott, Grenwick, and Kant. Take that, Alex Damon. Well, that's pretty good. You should compete at this stuff. Some people think it should be folded into Intergeekdom. The Han Solo here on the sidelines. We, we go to him for an immediate reaction. Uh, everything's under control. Situation normal. Such modesty for such a big play. Who knew that a bunch of shooting was the best strategy, but they made it work. Impressive shooting. Now that gives Luke three Imperials on the day. That's a hat trick for this young Tatooinian. No doubt images of Owen and Beru were racing through his mind, fueling his rage. Uh, Well, it looks like they're going to switch to a hurry-up offense here because the Empire is going to respond in kind. Luke in motion, trying to capitalize on this momentum with the Empire hot on his heels. Goal! The Rebels have gotten to the Princess and are so much closer to getting the plans of the Rebellion a little more than halfway through the second act. That is something. Finally, some points on the board for one of these teams. I don't want to say you can see how the game is taking its toll on Tarkin, but is his face more sunken than it was a half hour ago? Right, but you want to tell, talk about the toll this is taking on Tarkin? That guy's 40. Now Vader putting the whole team on his back, announcing that he'll take on Kenobi himself in an old-timers day match. We'll have a weigh-in later in the program in the wake of this exciting announcement. Just a quick reminder, Obi-Wan is doing stuff. Max Rebo, Ed 209, Jabba the Hutt, Hutt! Get behind me, get behind me! There's the snap, and the Imperial offense breaks through the line. The Rebels backpedal into their own territory, trying to buy time to open up some options on the field and find some daylight. The Stormtroopers find a hole and exploit it, gaining on the Rebels, who have nowhere to go. I think we have six Stormtroopers on the field. Now Han Solo backs into a position, his back against the wall. Can't get out that way. Looks like you managed to cut up only escape route. You need like it back in your cell, your highness. Now Leon Han with the banter. Luke calls his defensive coordinator of etiquette and protocol, but this capacity stadium is making it impossible for them to organize. The Rebels huddle, having some trouble communicating. This is one of the noisiest stadiums you can play in, and it causes a lot of problems for the visiting teams. They're taking fire, and it looks grim for this once promising team, and it may be over before it started, but they're caught in a pickle, a rundown, a go-nowhere play. How in the world, how in the name of Jehovah will they get out of this? Back to the action, the Imperials are engaged in a full court press and the Rebels with nowhere to go exchange fire. They can't hold them off forever. When they came in here, didn't they have a plan for getting out? Leia takes the pass and she shoots a wall. Wow, she really baba buoyed that opening pitch. Nowhere near the plate. Now Leia rushes and finds herself in a hole. The offense of the Empire is relentless. Chewbacca scrambles to follow her lead and finds himself in a hole. Get in there, you big furry. I don't care what you smell. Get in there, 
Luke runs and finds himself in a hole. Now Han runs and with a head first slide is safe. Well, safe for the moment. It looks like they may be out of the frying pan and into the trash. Well, I don't want to play Monday morning Jedi here, but I can't imagine they're prepared to be in this situation. Han Solo with the new play. Oh, blasting the doors. Han deals, and the play is called dead. Now, right now, you got to be wondering what's going through young Luke Skywalker's head. Here's a kid called up from the Bush Leagues. He doesn't know competition on this level, and he's facing the slick, more experienced Empire. I mean, it's got to wear on a kid's confidence. Luke's not used to playing on this surface. He's from Tatooine. He usually plays on a sand court. He's great on a sand court. And the team needs to play to those strengths, like when Rafael Nadal plays on clay or the uh, Wampas play on snow. But now Luke has to compete on a surface of wet, uncompacted garbage. And the Dianoga making an appearance, which reminds me, our next home game will be Dianoga Beanie Baby Night. All kids in attendance will get a Dianoga. That's one per person. Luke has been sucked under the trash by a tentacle creature. And if you're having trouble with the tentacle creatures in your trash compactor, just dial standard SW0608, and the pros at Zuckus Maintenance will clean your compactor of pesky Dianogas, Porgs, and Thalosirens. That's right. That's Zuckus. That's right. Zuckus. This whole at bat is not going the Rebels way. They've got to have a bad, bad feeling about, about this. this. Just when the Rebels were feeling the walls closing in, the walls start closing in. The Empire responding with a classic squeeze play. Yeah, defense wins championships, and this veteran Imperial team knows that well. I mean, they built a Death Star. I don't want to think uh, outside the box, but I have a feeling that that trash compactor may compact anything that's between its walls, which doesn't bode well for our heroes. And TK244 with a big hit to his head. That kind of door-to-helmet contact is going to send him straight to a concussion protocol droid. I suspect the lack of protection from these helmets and armor is going to come up in the collective bargaining agreement. They need to argue for protections from lasers, air quality, mental health, desert detachments, and doors. Now C-3PO has picked up the communication device to talk to his quarterback out in the field. This is going to give him a chance to draw up a play, but can he communicate it to his team in time? Well, 
Somebody tells me the suits aren't going to help Han and Luke from not being squished by the walls of this trash compactor either. They got to come up with something here. Yeah, the team clearly needs 3PO. It's astounding to think he hasn't opted to contact his quarterback yet. Rebels call on droid special teams. R2 responds with his robot penis. It's in the socket. It's processing. Looking for an opening. The walls are moving. They're still moving. Can the Rebels get out of this tight situation? And why doesn't the Empire recycle more? Because they're evil. So noted. I think this is the end for the Rebels. I think that's it. And R2-D2's robot penis has done it. I haven't seen a dick save the day like that since Albert Bell's walk-off home run against the Angels 25 years ago. This heroic droid has again proved his worth getting the Rebels out of a very tight spot. And now Kenobi running a solo route. They say he's got space station IQ, and I, for one, am seeing it in action here as he approaches the thing where he does the stuff. Ooh, tight spot. He's gonna have to call in all his balance here. I mean, you hear the great stories about Obi-Wan, but I think there's a new story writing itself here today when all the young people of the galaxy will mention the day that Obi-Wan pulled levers and turned dials uh, to this degree. I, I, I just wouldn't think to do that. He knows just what levers to pull. And with that, the tractor beam is down. Nice play for the veteran Obi-Wan Kenobi. Or bickering. I'll tell you, after a victory like that, you hate to see a team fall apart after they've just accomplished a minor victory in this thing. They've gotten themselves out of a tight spot and they can't stop complaining. Here come the stormtroopers. Based on past experience, I have a feeling they're not going to look where Obi-Wan is currently hiding out.
And if you want to hear about the newest BT-16s, then you need Speeder Pros of Numidian Prime. They've got speeder bikes, swoops, truck speeders, and popsicle speeders in every color. Need a speeder for that run to Nima outpost? You need a bongo? They've got that speeder! The Rebels huddle for the next play and run to the line. And the Empire brings the Blitz! Han adds another Stormtrooper and tries to capitalize on the momentum with a two-man rush. And Luke and Leia form up and run in the other direction. The Stormtroopers to the 15, the 10, the 5. Han Solo in pursuit around the blind corner and ends up in the Imperial locker room. Luke and Leia with a running play of their own, but the Stormtroopers putting pressure, running out of room, and out of bounds. Now they're going to have to regroup on the fly. Luke putting as much pressure on the Stormtroopers as he can while moving the Princess downfield. Experienced players are prepared to play under any kind of conditions, wet, frozen, foggy, any kind of field. But what play do you call when there's no turf at all? The only player I know who can play in the air is R2-D2. I'm still waiting on that. The Stormtroopers open up a second front, bringing the pressure. The Imperials have the high ground and are attacking from above. Literally an uneven playing field. The Imperials bring their heavy hitter, TK-321, in leadoff, and he misses. And he misses again. And he's dead. Now FN-454 is stepping up to avenge the death of his longtime teammate and fellow Imperial Academy graduate. He's going to bring the heat after watching his friend cut down like that, and he misses. You know, they trained in special weapons and jetpack school for a moment just like this, and he misses. The bond between these two is strong because there's something special about the Imperial Academy and how it brings this team together, and he misses. And he's dead. He's showing up his line, he throws, and the throw is good! The swing and a hit iconic moment. This reminder that Obi-Wan Kenobi is still in the hallways is brought to you by Paul Hirsch. Yes, Paul Hirsch. When you have a bunch of footage and it's not in any order, call Paul Hirsch. C-3PO sizes up the distance between him and the goal line as R2 reviews the playbook. Han Solo to the 35, and to the 30, to the 25, to the 20. Turns to see the Empire gaining. He pours on some speed and he finds a hole. He threads the needle and it's good! And the Rebels have gotten out of a tight spot. But this game was always going to come down to these two right here. The greatest rivalry in organized Star Wars history. It's Jam Master Darth King of the Cross Vader versus Obi-Wan Knight in Bangkok Kenobi. Tensions are running high as these two former teammates face off. Yeah, they famously played for the Jedis during the Clone Wars and then a bitter split ending with Obi-Wan leaving Darth Vader on fire in lava. I gotta tell you, it doesn't get more personal than that. Lunge. Parry. Attack. Repost. Disengage. Attack. Parry. Repost. Attack. Parry. Engage. This is a great bout from these Jedi fencing masters. No touch recorded yet for either player, 
But in lightsaber fencing, it's kind of over at that point. Now some quick exchange of words, Kenobi trying to get inside his head. That's a classic tactic of the Sith, actually. Attack! Parry! Disengage! Attack! Repost! Parry! Attack! Repost! Lunge! Parry! Engage! Lunge! Parry! Repost! Lunge! Parry! Engage! Lunge! Disengage! Parry! 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 The Rebels' last play moves them within inches of the goal, the Millennium Falcon. Now we've got a battle on two fronts. The Rebels are split up. The Stormtroopers run the option the wrong way. They're giving the Rebels the opening they need. What a mistake for the Empire. Come on, R2. We're going. That's it's gone. R2 and 3PO gaining some yards. Luke, Han, Chewbacca, and Leia following close behind. Now Luke falling behind. He stops. He looks. Darth Vader sees his receiver, and he takes a big cut! Obi-Wan Kenobi is down! He's down! He's out of the game! What an end to a glorious career! Yeah, I never thought I'd see him go out like this. I thought there'd be a Sebulba-like victory lap where we could celebrate it. Now we'll just have his memory. I don't imagine we will ever, ever, ever see Obi-Wan Kenobi again. And now the Rebels are under fire. The Stormtroopers keep missing. Luke standing still in an open cavernous hangar. Stormtroopers still missing. And finally, he takes advantage of the massive opening to make his way on board the Millennium Falcon. Woo! Han Solo wasting no time, making a hasty exit from the Death Star. Getting the tractor beam out of commission has worked out. And I would say that exit from the Death Star, they're going to have to devote that in honor of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Luke taking a timeout. He's either deep in thought or stuck in the most boring game of Jarek chess I've seen in my days. Uh, if Luke thinks he's depressed, I just crapped the bed in my Star Wars Fantasy League. I blame myself. I started Obi-Wan over Wedge. That seemed like a no-brainer. Luke and Han wasting no time to get into positions because they know the Empire is going to bring the offense. I don't know if Luke's—I don't know if Luke can get his head back in the game at this point. He's crushed. He's lost his leader. Classic two-by-two two formation for the TIE Fighters coming from behind. The TIE Fighters split up. TIE Fighters sweeping right to left, and our heroes can't keep up. Now a TIE Fighter brings the Wildcat offense with the spin move. 
TIE Fighters bringing the split back offense. He's going to be tested all day today. TIE Fighters close the gap on Han Solo, bringing the pressure. And the Falcon takes a hit. C-3PO is down. If this crew needs to translate Ewok, they are screwed. This would have been a good time for C-3PO to just shut himself down, as he's done in the past, but he decided to walk around in an unstable ship. And the lateral controls are down. Let's hope the horizontal holds. TIE Fighters with the rush. TIE Fighters bringing the wishbone maneuver, but Han Solo sees the play and stops it. Dead. Score one TIE Fighter for Han Solo. And now Luke scores his first TIE Fighter of his career. He's got stats. Well, welcome to the big leagues. Just don't get cocky. Leia calling the next play, shouting out to the players in the field. TIE Fighter coming in. He's targeting it. Han can't get a beat on it. Luke aiming. TIE Fighters close the gap on Han Solo, bringing the pressure. Spin move coming in, trying with some defense. Luke's got it, and he's got it. Han Solo's got his man. He's on it, and it's down. Score two TIE Fighters for Han Solo and two for Luke, for those of you scoring at home in your score sheets. And the Rebels retired the side as we head into the third act. And like Urkel, C-3PO can't let an episode go by without getting in his famous catchphrase. The Empire huddles after that setback. They're putting a homing beacon on the Falcon to record their plays. Those cheats! I can't believe they cheat so egregiously after they were fined 2,000 credits for killing everyone on Scarif. Well, if the Empire manages to take this one, I think homing beacon gate will put an asterisk by the victory. As we head into the third act, let's take a break to hear from our sponsors. If your clone's getting old and fat, donate to Clones for Kids. Do you have an old clone whose Order 66 is still intact? Are you missing a cat or a loved one? Donate it to Clones for Kids and receive a tax credit from the Imperial-backed Vichy Trade Federation. Just call 323-347-3754 to donate your clone. Donate your clone today. It's not illegal for Clones for Kids to grind up your clones for meat or enslave them. We won't, but it's not illegal if we do. This has been a game for the ages so far. We've seen the end of Kenobi, and now we'll see how this ends for the Rebellion. Do they care enough about victory to win? I care. Han and Luke line up in the romantic love triangle formation. The princess is tough, attractive, connected, and that is not lost on these two players. Boy, I can't imagine a beautiful independent princess falling for a space pirate, though. Now, Luke, on the other hand, I can see those two overlooking Beggar's Canyon in a passionate embrace, kissing until the sun's set. Now, Leia and Han together, and that would just be awkward.
My god, the Rebels are preparing to shoot the Millennium Falcon out of the sky! Whoa, whoa! Oh, oh, wait, I believe it's just some kind of radar gun. Although this would be the worst time to get pulled over for doing 12 parsecs in a 14 zone. Now, when you get the technical readouts of a battle station, you're putting a lot on the line with that intel. I don't care how many Bothans die to get you that info, you still have to execute the play. Han, Luke, and Leia being carted onto the field, and this can't bode well for their mobility when they need it the most. Nope, they're hopping right off the cart and into the match. Oh, okay. You know, not enough people say this about R2-D2, but I'll say it right here. He's got the look of a champion. You can see the fire in his radar eye and the holographic projector. That's what wins games. You really should get a sponsor for these desks they use in the, the desk store. There. They're very nice. It's chairs, too. The Rebels huddle up in the Yavin 4 locker room as Coach Dadana goes over the play. Dadana's facing a battle station that's heavily shielded with more firepower than half the Starfleet. But isn't their defense designed around a direct large-scale assault? Yes, but a small, one-man fighter should be able to penetrate the outer defense. Well, I don't know what good snub fighters are going to be against that. The Empire doesn't consider a small, one-man fighter to be any threat, or they'd have a tighter defense. Has your analysis of the plans provided by Princess Leia demonstrated any weakness in the battle station? The first thing I can see is the approach will not be easy. The offensive line will have to maneuver straight downfield and skim the surface to the goal that's only two yards wide. The target area is only two meters wide. It's a small thermal exhaust port right below the main port. That leads directly to the reactor system, and I'd say a precise hit would start a chain reaction which should destroy the station. Only a precise hit will set up a chain reaction? And the shaft is re-shielded. So they'll have to use proton torpedoes. Sounds impossible. Yes. Yes, it is. And may the force be with you. Ready, break. break. You ever go on a T-16 Womp Rat shoot? I'll tell you, they, they call it, they say it's for hillbillies, but it is fun. It's kind of a Tatooine thing. You ever T-16 bullseyes in your Womp Rat? I don't know how to reference. <laughs> All right, the Death Star uh, taking stock of what yard line they're on here. Looks like the Rebels have very little time before they themselves could be subject to the death of the Death Star. The Rebels take their positions on the line as Luke confers here with Han Solo. They're probably going to want to get together a game plan here. And Whoa! Han Solo is taking himself out of this play. Is this a good idea, champ? Well, as his former teammates Tobias Beckett and Lando Calrissian will tell you, Han plays by his own rules. Sure, he'd be good in a fight. Sure, he sees what they're up against. But maybe they'll need real team players for this complex play. Teamwork will be essential. Be with 
Han Solo with a, a nice word for Luke there anyway, despite the fact that he is an atheist to the Force. The question remains for the Rebellion, can despondent Luke fly a X-Wing fighter as well as excited and dreamy Luke? That will be the real test as these pilots take off towards the Death Star. I think with a combination of despondent and adventuring Luke, uh, we've got, we've got a, a decent Luke to take into this battle. Always check your ass foils. And lucky for Luke on this battle, he's reuniting with some teammates he's played with since the Beggars Canyon League back home. It's conferring with his old friend. Uh, not a lot of time to talk with this hurry-up offense, though, so they cut it short because, ha, well, they'll be able to talk about this whole thing later. All the stories Luke has to tell Biggs when they finally get the chance after all this. All right, and now the official insertion of the droid into the X-Wing. Was it good for the X-Wing? Hang on tight, R2. You've got to come back. You wouldn't want my life to get boring, would you? All right, everybody suiting up. Here we got Red 5 suiting up. That looks like gold, too. All right, these X-Wings are fueled up and ready to go as this third act gets underway. There's a lot of navigating the exit of the Yavin 4 hangar, and they're on their way. Well, it takes a little bit to get out of. Got to go around a couple loop-de-loops. Parking garages there are terrible. It was built years ago. Team owner Princess Leia looking on from her luxury box with special guests C-3PO, General Dodonna, and John Bon Jovi. Your starting lineup for Red Squadron! At Red Leader, Gavin Drys! Playing at Red 10, Theron Bett! And coming in at Red 7, Heliac Rude! At Red 3, Big Starfighter! And playing at Red 6, Jack Hawkins! Red 9, Nutso Natan! And fan favorite at Red 2, Wedge Antilles! Red 11, Major Rollo Surround! And bringing up the rear, the young rookie sensation, playing in the position of Red 5, Skywalker! 
Now they're bouncing through that magnetic field. This looks dangerous, but it's important to remember at this stage of the conflict, every game is game seven, and these players need to stay on target. Our red five is going in. Eyes a little too close to an explosion. And Skywalker gets cooked, Whoa. but he makes it out. But that was a close one. Darth Vader calling an audible. He's going to destroy him ship to ship. And they accelerate to attack speed and Gold Leader heads for the target shaft. Red Leader cuts across the axis to try and draw their fire and the Empire returns heavy fire. I'll tell you that Red Six is one of the Rebellion's top men. Biggs makes his approach covered by Porkins. Who's hit? He's going to have to eject. No, maybe he's all right. No, Porkins is down. So for those of you filling out your brackets, that's TK504 defeating Porkins. That sends him to the next round against Garvin Dreis, who moves on after defeating DN327. <sighs> My bracket was busted when Luke killed fake Barry Pepper. Now TIE fighters have entered the fray, bringing a strong line. They're firing. Red 7 looking. Red 7 is down. Now Biggs has picked one up. He's dodging. He's dodging. He can't get. He can't get away. Now Luke. Luke swings in with the assist for his best friend. And he's got one. That's three TIE fighters on the day for Luke Skywalker. Now Darth Vader himself has decided to enter the contest. TK-138 hits Luke, who maintains control, and he hits the straightaway. With Luke unable to make a pit stop, R2 makes repairs on the fly. That is an extremely well put together little droid. He used to be commended. The pit crew paying close attention to the X-Wing's diagnostics. Also to the giant death globe heading their way. Luke has the outside, but here comes TK-138, making a run on the inside, on the approach to turn four. It's going to get tight in here. And here comes Red 5 and TK-138 looking for the lead as they speed through turn two. TK-138 trying to find an opening on the right, now to the left. Now Wedge makes a big move around the top. The Black Squadron leaves the pit with Darth Vader in the lead, but still well behind the race leaders in the trench with the target in sight. Gold leader in the Y-Wing Gold Squadron take turn four into the straightaway, still under a green flag despite the surface being littered with bodies and ships. Gold Leader coordinates power utilization and deflector angle with Gold 5 close behind and Gold 2 in third. And there's the five minute warning as the Death Star accelerates taking a tight turn around Yavin's Sun and with Yavin 4 in sight. 
That's Gold Leader in the lead, Gold 5 in the second position, and Gold 2 bringing up the rear. The anti-Starcraft guns stop, giving the Gold Squadron the technical advantage of not being shot at as Gold 5 pulls neck and neck with the leader. Stabilization of deflectors and visibility of enemy fighters continues to plague this Rebel run as the Black Squadron takes a tight line in a turn 4. Darth Vader brings up the rear, flanked by DS Backstabber 613 on the right and Mauler DS 612 Mythyl on his left. Yes, those are actually true. Darth Vader uses the advanced 3-bit targeting interface to lock onto target Gold 2, and Gold 2 is with us no more. Dex Tyreef has locked his last S-foil in attack position. That last move puts Darth Vader in third place. If Gold Leader can just stay on target, he's on target. He's not on target as Gold Leader goes down in flames. Now we have lost Tyree and Hutch. Gold 5 feeling the pressure, makes his move out of bounds. Gold 5 is down. Davis Pops Crawl has now become one with the Force, if he believed in that sort of thing. And with it, my bracket as the Gold Squadron is out of the contest entirely. This seems like the moment of triumph for the Empire. Now with three minutes and closing until Yavin 4 is in range of the Death Star, only four players remain on the Rebel front line. Red Leader, Red 5, Red 10, and Red 12. With this development, the Base 1 pit crew coordinates a new strategy, sending Red 5, Red 2, and Red 3 to the high track as Biggs edges out Wedge and Luke pulls even. Red Leader is feeling the pressure of someone in first place being shot at by a cannon. Fun fact, the cannon's targeting system was developed by the same company behind the famed accuracy of the Stormtrooper's E-11 blasters. Red 10 pulls even with Red Leader and it's anybody's race now. Visibility on the track putting pressure on the pilots as the Black Squadron takes a tight line into turn four. Red Leader is now only 26,000 things away from the thermal exhaust port, and looking at the track, I'd say that puts him almost there. Now Darth Vader in fourth, makes his move as Backstabber and Mauler close formation, tied for fifth. Now Red Leader is 15,000 things from the target, which is almost there. Black Squadron closes the gap as Darth Vader's Tandy locks onto Red 12. And Red 12 explodes with defeat! Red Leader is now 9,000 things from victory, and looking at the conversion chart, that puts him almost there. Red 10 still in second place. Now he's not. 3,000, 2,000, 1,000, he shoots! It's no good! No good! Just impacted on the surface, feeling the pressure of the Imperial forces. Now Darth Vader in second place, drafting the leader, closing in. This is where a strong starboard engine comes in handy. Maybe Red Leader can pull out of the spin, and Red Leader is down! The latest victim of the Death Star's unforgiving artificial surface. The Death Star picking up speed itself, rounding the red sun of Yavin, one minute from catching up to the lead planet, Yavin 4. Luke now calling the formation. He's going in full throttle, more positive than the Gold Squadron's negative half-empty throttle approach. And Wedge accelerates from a half-full throttle to join Luke. Biggs following in third as these stunt fighters show off for the fans with a spin onto the track. There's the white flag with one lap to go as Luke Skywalker takes the lead, followed by Wedge in second and Biggs bringing up the rear. The conditions of the field continue to play hell with the snub fighters, particularly the laser cannon part of the field.
At this speed, Luke's going to need a lot of stabilization. This is no time for a loose stabilizer. Two, that, that stabilizer's broken loose again. See if you can't lock it down. And here comes Darth Vader bringing up the rear in fourth place with Backstabber and Mauler tied for fifth. Wedge takes a hit from DS612, and that forces him into the pit. Well, maybe he could have made it, but having your entire team killed in 15 minutes will make you a more cautious competitor. Biggs pulls into second place with his best lap time of the day, and Darth Vader has retaken third with the rest of the Black Squadron bringing up the rear. As Luke hits the straightaway, Black Squadron speeds up. I don't think third place will do for this ambitious trio. R2 tries to increase the power. Let's see if it's enough. Biggs from the inside apron to the outside, trying to find some room, but the TIE Fighters fire and connect! Biggs goes down, and the possibility of hearing Luke's stories goes with it. Uh, the rest of Biggs' life joins his Tatooine scene on the cutting room floor. And with that, Darth Vader is pulled within second place and brings the pressure on the leader, Red 5. Luke's targeting computer shows his field position at the 35,000 thing line. And he's moving. He's moving to the 21,000, to the 19,000. Now the offensive coordinator is calling into Luke with the play. Wait, it's not Dodonna. It's Obi-Wan Kenobi? Wait, what? Jedis can do that? Does the league allow ghosts? Nowhere in the rule book does it say your roster can't have a dead guy on it. That must be the space bud loophole. Luke is turning off his targeting computer. Luke, you switched off your targeting computer. What's you wrong? dumb shit. What a fucking idiot. The whole coaching staff is beside themselves. They can't believe this dickhead's terrible idea. I'm sure they'll understand when Luke explains that a ghost told him to. Darth Vader turns his firing knobs to X-Wing and takes the shot. And R2-D2 is dead. And if your droid has been destroyed by a TIE fighter during space battle, then call the experts at Droid Warehouse. They've got droids for every StarCraft from N1s to A-Wings. So the next time you're leading the rebel uprising against the galactic forces of oppression, make your first stop Droid Warehouse in the NOAT system. Darth Vader is inches from first place as he locks on a Luke Skywalker and now an explosion! DS-613 Backstabber has blown up as Han Solo returns for a crucial play. Mauler Mithel loses control and trades paint with Black Leader, sending the Sith Lord spinning out of control and sliding off the track, both ending this game for Darth Vader and guaranteeing him a sequel. Now Luke closes in on the target and shoots! Nothing but net! in miracles and the Death Star is gone boom goes the dynamite and this one belongs to the Rebs a grand slam by rookie Luke Skywalker who chalks up a big win here with a walk-off space station destruction Cubs win by Vader's done a lot in his career but in the end Skywalker just wanted it more he had the eye of the Gorax and that's what put him over the top yeah, that Skywalker's like butter, because he's on a roll. Now, hold everything. Hold everything. We, yes, it's a very victorious moment, but we, I think we do have an injury in the field. We should, we should probably not show this. Any younger viewers might want to look away. This is pretty gruesome. But we got to find out, as R2-D2 has some major injuries that are going to have to be addressed and rehabbed if we ever want to see him on the field again. 
Uh, this does look pretty bad. I don't think I've ever seen anything quite this gruesome before in a match like this. Uh, but you never know. The, the, the players enter matches with this as a possibility. I think they all know it could be on the on the docket for them. And I imagine he's going to be out four to six weeks. We take you now to the winner's circle and the medal ceremony where these Rebels have really earned their prize. It can't be stated what underdogs the Rebels were coming into this match. To pull off this win really is one for the ages. All the spectators looking on. Tickets were not easy to come by and the cream of the crop are showing their respects. Here's the traditional Wookiee announcement that says turn. Everybody looks great, don't they? There's even General Dodonna, John Bon Jovi. They've all gathered around for the medal ceremony. Han Solo and Luke Skywalker sharing the MVP honors. Chewbacca has been snubbed once again, continuing his streak of being nominated with no gold to take home. Sure, he only racked up one bruised Imperial on the day, but there's more to this game than hits, and the league should have more respect for his piloting skill. Look at Skywalker soak it up, coming from nowhere to make such an impression on the league. Do you see him being favored going into future matches? Yeah, that's hard to say, but you can never count out the Empire. They'll regroup, they'll watch game tape and make adjustments and be back. And there's R2. That was, well, that was a quick recovery. Well, this is the first in a three-game series, so until game two, I'm Admiral Hackbar. And I'm 4LOL, rounding third and headed for home, saying, raise the Jolly Roger, it's just another Rebel victory. Good night. This copyrighted telecast is prevented by the authority of the Citadel Tower on Scarif. It may not be reproduced, retransmitted, or stolen from Scarif and given to your Rebel friends. The accounts and descriptions of this game may not be disseminated without express written consent 